Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Today we're going to be continuing on in our series of Embracing Life's Challenges. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about four practical strategies to help you embrace life's challenges. All right, before we jump in, I want to give you guys a little bit of a recap because we're in a series on what we've already discussed so far. What we're going through is a series of Embracing Life's Challenges. In the first episode, we talked about awareness because being aware of that challenge and who we are helps us to set ourselves up for success. The next episode, we talked about acceptance. And this is just the idea that if you don't accept that there's a challenge in front of you, you're not going to meet up to that challenge and work at overcoming that. In the last episode, we talked about the power of perspective and how perspective can dramatically shift how you view an experience that you're going through or a challenge that you're facing up to. In the midst of it, it can feel very difficult and uncomfortable, but then when you get to the other side, you might have a dramatically different view on it. Today, we're going to be discussing our practical strategies that you can use that will help you to embrace those challenges of life. So the first practical strategy we're going to talk about today is cognitive reframing. And this goes really well with our last episode where we talked about perspective. Because when you're talking about cognitive reframing, it's just this idea that you're trying to look at something in a different light. So when you run into a situation and your initial thoughts are negative about it, all you're doing with cognitive reframing is just taking those initial negative thoughts and then trying to look at the brighter side of it. We're trying to look at it in a way that helps take away some of the sting of the discomfort of the situation that you're in. So when we're talking about the power of perspective, when you're in that moment, it's very tough. But then later on, after you're through it, you can see different insights. Now, cognitive reframing is, I'm in the midst of this difficulty, but instead of getting stuck at thinking about what I'm experiencing right now, I'm going to stop and take myself out for a moment and look at what are other possible good outcomes that could come from this. And when you shift your viewpoint in that way, it can make you feel much better about it. Now, you're obviously not going to know what the outcome is, but just taking that time to imagine it is going to bring you some emotional benefits. Yeah, it's almost like you're looking through a camera lens, right? And you can change the picture based on the lens that you're using. So really this idea of reframing is you're shifting the frame or the lens that you're looking through. And you know that when you look at different pictures, it really can provide you a different experience, right? And so that's the importance of using cognitive reframing. And it is kind of like the optimism episodes that we talked about, where there's so much power in looking at it through an optimistic point of view versus having a constant pessimistic view of it. Just a quick example of what cognitive reframing might look like. Let's say you're driving down the road and you run out of gas. Now you have to walk to the gas station. Now, in the midst of it, you could be kicking yourself and saying, oh, man, that was so irresponsible. I should have just stopped earlier and gotten gas and then I wouldn't be dealing with this. Or you can reframe it in a different way and put a positive spin on it and say, hey, I'm getting some nice sunshine and some nice fresh air and I'm getting to exercise a little bit here. And that cognitive reframing, when you're shifting that perspective, even when it's something so simple like that, just looking at what are the positive benefits of the difficult situation you might be experiencing, it helps you to feel a lot better about it. Again, Ruth, you use this all the time when you run into a difficult situation. It's an adventure. And so instead of looking at it as, oh, this is just objectively bad, it's an adventure. Well, adventures are filled with difficulties, but also overcoming those difficulties. 
And when you frame it as an adventure, as opposed to just a negative experience, then it helps you to feel better about that situation. Another example of cognitive reframing is, say you have piles and piles of laundry to do and you just feel overwhelmed. Being able to look at it and saying, well, I'm so thankful for these children that caused me to have all this laundry. And really taking the opportunity to then show gratitude in the situation and being thankful for, first of all, the children that wear the clothes, as well as a husband that wears these clothes. And then second, having so much clothes to wear. And so gratitude really is a great way to reframe the situation that you're in. And we do this a lot of times with our kids when we go someplace and they're so sad that they have to leave. Instead of focusing on that, a lot of times we'll tell them, wow, that was so fun. I'm so thankful that we got to see our friends. And so we can still acknowledge that what a bummer we have to leave. But wow, I'm so thankful that we got to go and do that. And I think even taking a little bit of a further step back from that, it's this idea that we have that life should be problemless and our goal is to make life problemless. And we get used to that sense of feeling like, oh, there's not a problem here. But realistically, when you view it that way, when a problem comes your way, it's annoying or disheartening or frustrating versus if you look at it as, hey, life is filled with problems. There's always going to be another problem around the corner. But right now that there's not a problem, it's a nice reprieve. I have a break right now from dealing with problems. Even having that general understanding and idea that, hey, there's always going to be another problem coming down the pike. I don't know what it is, but when it comes, it's my job to deal with it. But right now, if I don't have one, oh, this is a nice break. Helps it to get under your skin less when a problem comes up in the future. Gosh, that makes me think of just giving birth. Tim and I have such a passion for the birth process, and we actually have really enjoyed each of our five birthing processes even though they were each so different, it really was such an adventure and allowed us to be able to grow in depth in our relationship together as he was such, such an incredible support to me. But also we're so grateful for the initial education that we got because really that helped us to be prepared for the challenge that was about to come. And I really do love this acronym of pain in childbirthing that really helped us to get through the process. And so P stands for purposeful. So that pain that you're experiencing has a purpose. Each contraction gets your baby closer and closer to you. And so I know a lot of times people will refer to contractions as waves instead because it has less of that sting, right? Even that in and of itself is a cognitive reframe. So instead of seeing it as contractions, seeing it as a wave where it'll come and it'll go. The next one, A, is anticipated, where you know that it's going to come. You know there's going to be another contraction. And so you're prepared for that. And the I is intermittent. And this is what made me think of this example is as Tim was just talking about where there's periods of rest. And so when you're giving birth, you do have those short periods, no matter how small it is, where you have time to rest. So you could kind of brace and get anxious and worried for the next wave that's coming, or you can just sit in that rest and get as much time in that rest period as you can before the next wave comes. And so in our first saver, it was 42 hours of laboring, and Tim was there for every single one of those. And so by that time, we're both exhausted, and 
I remember him sharing this story when we were doing some childbirth education classes for others, just about how even when we had that minute rest in between, or sometimes 30 seconds, you would fall asleep for that short time and then wake up for the very next one. And so just those short snippets of rest gave us enough strength and energy to continue on. We knew that there is more, right? We're anticipating more. But that intermittent piece of it was so beautiful because it gave us those periods of rest. And the last one, the N in pain, is that it's natural or normal when we're talking about childbirth. And there's this whole process that your body goes through in order to get yourself prepared for the actual laboring and then birthing. And it is so fascinating to me. But I do love that acronym of pain because it really did help us through the process of labor. And so when you look at that same acronym for your own life, that challenges can be purposeful, that if you choose to face it and really embrace it, you can absolutely grow from each of the challenges that you face. And then anticipated, it's like Tim said, we know that in all of our lives, we're going to face challenges. And so just anticipating it and knowing that they're going to come. And intermittent, that's what Tim had just talked about right before we jumped in with this example. And normal, that it is a part of life, right? And the things that we experience early on then prepare us for the next thing, right? The process of birth, each step prepares your body for the next step and then the next part of labor. And it's amazing how that happens. And I think it's the same thing in our own life, right? When you look at the story of Joseph in the Bible, he wasn't just thrown into being second in command. He went through trial after trial after trial in his own life, which really prepared him to then be second in command. And so as we face life's challenges, the way we see it, our perspective, and this strategy of cognitive reframing can be so helpful for that. The second strategy is mindfulness. And really, mindfulness can help us remain in the present and really just be focused on what's happening in this moment. Because we have a tendency to worry about the future or dwell on the past. And when we do that, we increase the worry that happens because whatever challenge we're already facing is problematic and anxiety-producing and riddled with worry. And so then when we kind of play it out in our mind and we look to the future, that just increases more and more because we're like, oh my gosh, look at everything bad that's going to happen because of this. It can be overwhelming. And so mindfulness really helps you to stay present and allows you to have the mindset of, okay, I'm here. I need to figure this out. And you start to get to work rather than letting your mind just go into the future or dwell on the past and how things haven't worked out in the past. And I think, too, a lot of times when people get overwhelmed, it's because they're not being mindful. They think about everything that needs to be done as opposed to being mindful as to, hey, what is the first task I'm working on mm. right now? Oh, totally. I can totally relate to that. I think that's how I personally get overwhelmed is because I'm always thinking about like what you just said about all the things that need to be done. And it could be hard because thinking about all those things is enticing. But a lot of times it starts off with, hey, let me just start doing something here okay, I'm starting to do something. And then while you're doing it, it helps you to get a little bit of a better perspective. Okay, I started doing this. Actually, maybe now I realize this is what I should be doing and you can move over to that other task. One of the biggest things about dealing with life's challenges is just starting to confront them and doing what you can in the moment. 
there's nothing to be done yet. But if there is something to be done, don't get overwhelmed by thinking about all the future implications or trying to do it exactly in the right way, as opposed to, hey, if I just get started, that can reduce the overwhelm and being mindful of what is the task at hand right now. Oh, totally. And I think that you are so good at that. You're so good at just getting started, right? Whereas I know we've talked about this in the past where I can tell you the list of all the things that I need to do today. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Tim, we have so much to do. And then I sit down because there's so much to do that I have no idea where to start. And you're like, what are you doing sitting down? You just said you had all this stuff to do. But then I get overwhelmed and I get stuck and I do nothing. But you're so good about just getting started and doing the very first step that needs to be done. The next thing we're going to talk about is building resilience. Now, this is something that you can do kind of in those down periods where there's not a lot hitting you, where you can intentionally engage into things to help you build resilience. Now, we have a whole episode that's all centered around building resilience, but a part of it is engaging into difficult tasks that aren't required. And when you engage into those difficult tasks that aren't required, it helps you to learn to be more comfortable in the struggle. And so if you are, for example, working out, that's a voluntary way of engaging into a difficult task that helps you to build resilience. Or I think a while ago we had talked about cold plunges and just jumping into cold water of your own volition helps you to build a resistant to feeling cold and then also helps you to build a resistant to even emotional difficulties. When you put yourself into difficult situations, you're building up a resistance to difficult situations and difficult emotions. So there's a saying, the most difficult thing you've experienced is the most difficult thing you've experienced. And the idea behind that is if you've experienced relatively mild difficulties in your life and then you run into a moderate difficulty, it's going to seem absolutely astronomical to you because it's bigger than anything you've encountered before. And because it's bigger than anything you've encountered before, it's going to cause you to have anxiety. It's going to cause you to have concern about addressing that. You're also going to be engaging it from a place of a lack of understanding because you just haven't encountered it before. But the more you've encountered difficulty, the more difficult things you have encountered, the easier the medium or mild challenges will seem to you because you've encountered something more difficult. So you can either encounter just real difficult life situations, or you can create some artificially difficult life situations that help you to build that resilience. And strategy number four is to solidify positive beliefs. And I think this is really similar to the cognitive reframing but the cognitive reframing we were talking about for today was specifically about situations, right? Reframing your perspective on the situation. But I want to go a little deeper and we want to also reframe and solidify your positive beliefs about who you are. Because it can really change and help you in how you approach the challenges that you face. So seeing yourself as you face challenges as competent and capable and recognizing that all I can do is my best, or I can handle it, I am strong, I have choices. And maybe those are too far of a reach for you. So really then, maybe dialing it back a little bit and saying, I'm learning to be competent in this area, or I'm capable of learning. And knowing that our self-talk is so powerful, right? Our mind is a powerful thing, and it's so true. And I think one of the top things that I see and I bet you can relate to this too, Tim, is that negative self-talk or those negative cognitions and beliefs that replay again and again in our mind. And they really sabotage how we face these challenges because we start saying things like, gosh, 
I just can't do it, or I'm stupid, or someone else would do this better than me. Well, yeah, totally. I think even for optimists, even though they tend to believe that things are going to have a good outcome, still struggle with these internal negative dialogues about themselves. And those internal negative dialogues really weigh on your mood and affect how you engage into different activities or how you perceive the world around you. So being able to work at reinforcing those positive beliefs about yourself is very helpful for you to be able to just address the challenges that life throws at you. And even to the degree where you may even be saying something about yourself that doesn't really feel true to you in the moment, but the more you keep saying it, the more validity it will start to feel like it actually has. But there's a certain point where you may even feel like you're lying to yourself. Actually, it's very funny. I told a client the other day, hey, in this situation, you got to tell yourself, this is how it's going to go. Even though right now, you're absolutely feeling like this isn't going to go that way. I want you to just lie to yourself this week. Just keep telling yourself that this is going to happen this way. And because you're focusing more on that, it's more likely to go that way. And in these situations and scenarios, I'm not telling you to tell yourself something that's not true about yourself, but I'm telling you if you don't feel it's true, but you know it's true, you may feel like you're lying to yourself and keep telling yourself, hey, listen, hey, I am competent, I am capable, I can handle it, I am strong, I have choices, those types of things, because that will help you to focus more on those positive belief systems, and then you will start to feel they are true after you reaffirm them regularly. So as we close out this series today, just know that as you embrace life's challenges, it'll help you in so many different areas, but especially in your own personal growth, as well as helping you to create healthier relationships. So remember that awareness really is the first step. And then once you get to the point of acceptance, that's when you can really begin to come to the point where, okay, I know this is where I'm at. I've accepted it. Now, how can I begin to make changes and how can I begin to grow? And third, remember the power of perspective. And then in today's episode, we talked about the four practical strategies. The first is cognitive reframing, seeing things from a certain lens or a certain light. Two is practicing mindfulness and really helping you to stay present and focused on the moment will help you embrace and overcome these challenges. Third, building resilience in your life. And fourth, solidifying positive beliefs. And so we hope that as different challenges come your way, that you see the value and you really begin to start to embrace life's challenges. So we hope you have a great day. And if you found this helpful, we'd love for you to share it with others. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.